what's up and welcome to difficulty class a podcast about all things dungeons and dragons i'm one of your hosts ali deichman with me this week is trevor bettis this week it's another bonus episode Yay! bonus episode <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, D&D Live 2020 was this weekend, and uh, we thought it'd be cool to sit and talk about the things that were announced, but uh, we also wanted to get our, our friend Justice Armin in on this, mm-hmm. um, and we didn't want to take up too much of his time, so we recorded with him beforehand. We're recording this now, and then we're going to record <laughs> some stuff later. Recording and editing and time travel, yay! It's a fun time. <laughs> um, but yeah, if if, uh, if you weren't aware, uh, the D&D, or Wizards of the Coast every year does a D&D Live event. And it's uh, where they announced the new uh, campaign that's coming out. And this year they announced Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, which we'll get into later. Um, and so th- this year, because of COVID and everything, it was a streamed event uh, and was really awesome to watch. If you haven't watched any of it, and this is sounding all brand new to you, you can go watch pretty much all of the streams right now on the, uh, the D&D YouTube channel. Um, along with a couple other YouTube channels, uh, Beetle and Grimm did their own streams and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So you can go check those out, or uh, you know, first, or you can just listen to us and then go watch them later. But you know, that's up to you. We're already <laughs> in yours. I mean, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, we're gonna uh, hand it over to past us, who will now be present us for you. But that won't get confusing at all. Trust me. <laughs> All right, we are back, and we are here with Justice Armin. Hey, how are you doing, Justice? Hello, I'm doing well. That's good. We're 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 here to talk about D and D Live 2020. Yes, but before yes. we do that, if people haven't listened to the episode that you're on, which is a travesty, or don't know who you are, which is an even bigger travesty, Justice, yeah. who the hell are you? Uh, I am I'm a, a gentleman living in s- Central Texas. Um, I'm surgical clinic manager by day, D and D writer by night. Um, in addition to inflicting justice upon those who wrong others, um, I have contributed to a few products, uh, for the DMs Guild, uh, and I work for Beetle and Grimm's Pandemonium Warehouse, where I help to make awesome high-end boxes, uh, for official Dungeons and Dragons adventures. God, that's so freaking cool. That, that, see that, that's, what a that, that's a title. That's a list of titles there <laughs> that, is, that is, is damn cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. But yeah, uh, so yeah, Justice does a lot of stuff through DMs Go, which is how we ended up first getting to talk to you. And uh, what, God, what, what was the, what was the name of the, the, the milk circus? What was that one? Ah, step right up. Did you get to see, step I, got right to up. Do, step right up. I got to do the, the, the live DMing for it on our, on yeah. our Twitch channel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, uh, it, that was that was a lot of fun. Super stressful. My first time DMing online. Oh my god. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So, so, uh, yeah, we had you on. I think it was last October, and I was looking at the the things, and uh, and yeah, you 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 were cranking stuff out. Now you were working your way up the ranks, as we were saying earlier. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. My, I'm working my booty off. Yeah, and you were <laughs> and you were even on some uh, some D and D streams this uh, this past weekend, which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we wanted to to sit down and talk about all the incredibly awesome things that got uh, announced and were done during the D and D Live 2020 uh, event. And uh, and yeah, so the the first one was the Baldur's Gate three live gameplay. Did you guys get to watch that? Yes. Yeah. So cool. Oh my I love Sven. Sven's the best. He really <laughs> is. Yeah. Like, I didn't get to watch the entirety of it because, well, work. But in yeah. general, what I did catch, it was just, ah, it was so good. I'm so excited. <laughs> that yeah, part where she um, influences the goblin 
by using the the tadpole in her brain. Oh god. <laughs> so problems. But, but, but also like the narration of it, like having having that that woman's voice just being like, oh, the goblin's, you know, expression changes as something rithers in your mind. I'm like, that's so cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Reminded me of like Stranger Than Fiction or something. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, but yeah, so they they did about an hour and a half worth of worth of gameplay and all of it was just freaking like my my wife came in a little bit later into it and she and i have been playing um uh oh my god divinity original sin 2 which is the same creators and when (laughs) he started stacking boxes and then jumped on top of them to get to another (laughs) area she's like that's illegal (laughs) what is that (laughs) yeah like that kind of stuff really throws the game around and it just makes you rethink how to do everything i love it I, uh, the turn-based mode is really interesting too, because that's not in Division Divinity Original Sin, is it? Yeah, yeah. the The way the combat works is pretty much turn-based, um, mm-hmm. where you have your action points, and then each person gets a turn to spend up to that total amount and everything like that. Um, mm-hmm. It's it, it it is interesting to see how they're still working in the the mechanics of fifth edition while also still keeping mm-hmm. it a video game because <laughs> it's hard to be like all right now you have a bonus action <laughs> yeah i think he used it i think you can trigger it too like they used it during a trap sequence once like a like a puzzle trap mm-hmm. um it was pretty cool they had mage hand and stuff i'm geeking out i love it oh i yeah. told you oh, i'm yeah. too dumb to play divinity original sin but i know how D and i told you i'm gonna buy it on <laughs> ps4 to play with you because you are not dumb enough to play that game it's so good oh my god <laughs> um but yeah so that that game is looking fantastic and it's hopefully going to be an early access in august hopefully but you know with with uh, the the world as it is right now with covid and everything it's kind of hard for them to work easily together so Mm -hmm. they they can take the the time that they need but i'm i still want it yeah (laughs) and this was Uh, like i just realized this is the first game based off of the fifth edition isn't it yes yeah oh man well (laughs) oh sword coast legends I was technically out during fifth edition, but it didn't feel a lot like fifth. Edition. It wasn't based off of like video game mechanics. It was just kind of mm. more like, here's a top down RPG. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the only bit of D and D that I really got, that was when a gelatinous cube showed up. I'm like, Oh, cool. D and D. But yeah, so they started off doing that and uh, which was a nice way to, to kind of like let everybody kind of get into the stream, show up and everything like that, see some cool stuff. But then we got the, the meat and potatoes of yes. the event, <laughs> which was the reveal of Icewind Dale Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. So good. <laughs> and, and just as I know, you, you can't talk about a lot of stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll t- uh, Allie and I will say talk about things that they've already said. <laughs> yes. 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 We'll, we'll, we're going to leave speculation for after after this segment. We'll, 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 we'll fill that with that. But from what <laughs> they showed and everything like that, just from what we saw and what, what you know, Chris and all of them talked about, this looks really freaking cool especially mm-hmm. when they start talking about things like it's styled after the essentials kit which made me go excuse me mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> i love that thing <laughs> yeah we're playing um, through the essentials kit in one of our projects um anthony joyce he's running a weekly game um that's kind of like west march's style so you can just pop in and out ooh. um and i've actually never played the essentials kit so it's all a surprise um and i i like the way it's set up it's easy to start and stop mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh Allie and I ran some of the essentials kit for the bookstore games uh with the kids. Yeah. And it just it worked out so well with like 
all right uh the the first game this month we're gonna do uh we we set out three cards for the table to pick so basically we just prepped ourselves for only three adventures from the box let them pick which adventure they wanted to go on mm-hmm. and then uh the next uh game that month did the same thing and it just it worked out really smooth and easy and it was a lot of fun yeah Butterstall really Ranch easy. is the best name ever what was it, it? is Butterstall <laughs> Ranch. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that place. What were you saying, um, Allie? Well, I, I want to mention Butterskull Ranch. So in the, I think in Essentials Kit it says like, oh yeah, there are like this times this many orcs as per characters, and I had oh. like nine kids at my table. Mm. <laughs> That's right. So I had like over forty orcs in that oh, ranch. <laughs> <laughs> the kids handled it beautifully. It was amazing, but that yeah, it's. I love it. What I was going to say was the essentials kit is a beautiful way of expressing how sandbox can be in a, such yes. a small scale. And I, I think they did it really well in there. And so that just makes me even more excited about Icewind Dale. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, they, you know, they're talking about how they have, um, you know, uh, rules for weather conditions, avalanches, and then Goliath sports got thrown in there. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, th- <laughs> one of those is not like the other, but <laughs> Well, Chris mentioned you kind of got to break up horror with some humor every once in a oh, while. Oh yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And 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 speaking of the horror part of it, like one of the things that he was saying is that uh, I I can't I I because I saw it in a tweet. I don't know if Chris specifically said it or someone was talking to him about, but that the John Carpenter's The Thing was an inspiration for some of this adventure. He was talking to it um, with um, Todd Kenrick, and yeah. from oh, that that's right. interview. Um, I, I watched The Thing for the first time the other night. I, I saw those uh, on Twitter, and you liked it, right? It was good, you know? I, I feel <laughs> like a lot of those 80s movies, like people that like remember growing up with them, they over-exaggerate it. Like, it kind of goes back to that thing in uh, Avengers where uh, in Endgame, not Endgame, Infinity War, when Peter Quill and meets Peter Parker, and he's like, is Footloose still the best movie ever made? And Peter's like, it never was. <laughs> 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 And that's how I feel sometimes with these 80s movies. They're like, you have to see this movie. And Mm -hmm. I watch it. I'm like, that was pretty good. But the thing was actually one where I was like, damn, Mm -hmm. that was well done. Even now, I enjoyed it. Allie and her sister have been have been obsessed with that movie forever and like that was like one of the first things i learned about them when yeah. i started dating uh Tara. <laughs> those little whip things Ugh. yeah oh god yeah oh, they're so nice and but, like uh, they're so nice <laughs> <laughs> they're so good for just like that that feeling of dread and horror and just how Alien gross mess, they yeah. are yeah it's like spaghetti attacking you oh yeah oh, god. <laughs> Like one of the things, my favorite things I have is the thing board game. Oh my God. And it has those whip things as little miniatures. And it's like, I kind of want to paint them (laughs) because they'd just be so gross and awesome. Yeah. We we played that game one year and yeah, one, one player is the thing. And all of you are people in the, the research station trying to get enough stuff to get in the helicopter and leave. Mm. And I was the thing and it was great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's super cool. I would want to be the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they they talked about uh, that it's going to be, you know, the, that the Frost Maiden is going to be very prevalent in it, uh, but that there's going to be uh, a bunch of kind of open-ended quests that are going to take place in Icewind Dale. 
and um, you know, not not. I don't think they said specifically what areas in there. I think something got said about ten towns, um, but yeah, I I'm I'm so excited to see what like a a whole adventure in the frozen north is going to be like. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's so interesting because um, before this was announced. Um, before I even knew about it, I was actually working on a DM skilled product called, um, it's going to be called Artist Simber's Frozen Far Field Guide. Oh, and I love it. I had written all this stuff about it. And then I found out, I was like, well, guess I can't use any of this. And I trashed it. <laughs> and I was oh. like, Man. Um, but uh, I'll tell you, the art for this is so good. They showed some of it, but mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. mood is really present. Chris talked about how they commissioned more landscapes and um lots more like um, skies and locations than they have previously because getting the mood right is so important yeah oh yeah and just looking at everything that they've kind of hinted and and like snuck in the info they've given us like just the fact that it's it's a more relatable horror story like the idea of like this really harsh environment you can relate to that like sure like Ravenloft is kind of scary and just because you know the monsters in the area but you can't go there like mm. <laughs> the frozen north is a real thing yeah. <laughs> and, it's and a like different you can oh yeah and like that it's it's that's when as soon as he said it's like the thing I'm like oh my god I have to I have to do this like that yeah. paranoia and living yeah. in this harsh environment where you can't escape even though you really want to because escaping means more death yeah and it's like it's it's such a good pull on every good hard string that you have. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think if I, if I run this one, cause I, cause like the, the horror element, like I, like regardless of how much it's really there, I still want it to like, I want to bring that to the forefront. I'm going to have to have my group make other characters because the golden pals would somehow be riding down <laughs> those mountains on Santa's sled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what horror? Wee! <laughs> we we did oh. a campaign after Storm King Center lasted about two years, um, and for about a year of it, it was based in in Icewind Dale and the Frozen Far. You uh, too. <laughs> so it's it, yeah. I mean that 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 area is so interesting because so mm-hmm. many of the settlements are so small, um, yeah. and you have to think about what kind of people would live that far up these stalwarts you know these criminals escaping you know their past and stuff and it i don't know it's just pretty cool literally (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) nice Um, (laughs) one other thing that i do want to say uh during this reveal was dat alt cover yes hydro did it again oh and and as soon as it came up i'm like hydro (laughs) (laughs) It's so freaking pretty, and the back of it has the Icewind Dale logo on it. And I, oh, I'm, I love it. I, lo- I want it. Mm-hmm. I need it. It's so pretty. Oh, 100 <laughs> yeah. percent. I'm getting it. It's going right next to the Tyranny of Dragons and Baldur's Gate. I'm just. It's gonna be so pretty on that shelf. <laughs> the best way for them to get me to buy every book twice. <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> Those jerks. I, I actually it's got all those alt cover recently. Uh, oh, nice. Really hard to find, and yeah. I was tweet. I was on Twitter, and this person posted. They were like. Oh yeah, I have all these books, and I have this smallest guide to monster, or, or, or this, you know, the smallest guide to monsters, and then all my other ones are normal books. I wish I had a normal version of Volos. I said, "Hey, 
Oh, dude. I have all the alt covers <laughs> except Volos. Would you want to trade? And they're like, yeah. Nice. And I was like, wait, wait, are you serious? <laughs> and oh they were like, God, yeah. That's nice. So we we traded. <laughs> There, there was a because when they they posted the the thing on Twitter, like I literally just commented that all art, Dad. and uh, and someone responded to me, and they're just like, yeah, it's so cool, but I hate my books not looking the same on a shelf, and so I just replied, put it on another shelf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just keep them separated, then it's like showcasing them. And you don't yeah. worry about it, and it's pretty. <laughs> Um, but you, you guys want to say anything else about the, the reveal of Icewind Dale? Like anything that they talked about that you want to bring up? Oh, nothing beyond what I already said. I'm just so excited about everything about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like even without the all cover, the, just the normal cover itself with the, the frost maiden reaching out and it looks so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So the next thing that they revealed, well, okay. Next is kind of relative. We're just kind of going with stuff that they talked about. Uh, one of the things that they revealed was the premium dice set, which now seems to be like a staple of releases with books. Uh, this is the same style as the Descent into Avernus dice and the L'Oreal Silverhand Adventurers kit. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited. I just got the L'Oreal Silverhand set and it is gorgeous. And I cannot freaking wait to have more of these. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's yeah. like it's it's like Wizards was just like, wait a minute. We can get more money out of Dice Goblins. All right. <laughs> they saw me coming. Um, this is going to have. Uh... Hmm, oh, yeah, say? me too. I'm literally looking at them now because I forgot about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, so the, it's going to be the the uh, 2D20s, 1D12, 1D, uh, 2D10s, 1D8, and 4D6, and 1D4 set that they've been making pretty much the staple for D&D, which is so freaking good. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> uh, it's going to have a uh, player-friendly fold-out uh, map of Icewind Dale and 10 Towns. I love that it specifically says player-friendly. Um, <laughs> yes. Durable uh, felt felt lined box uh which functions as two dice trays and they really do and i love them for that uh and then 20 double-sided cards with descriptions and illustrations of characters and creatures one might encounter in icewind dale which oh perfect that's so good i love they, it those awesome. those cards have been so helpful that i can just hold up to my players to be like this is what you see yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think uh, uh stacy allen did the um designs for those i think that was her one oh, of her really? first big design projects yeah she was one of the writers as uh, she co-wrote i think a chapter with will doyle is what i read mm-hmm. um and they both did some art for the book so that's super cool that she got to design the box yeah. for that um yeah and i did see that I, I saw that uh amy falcone uh they also uh did some stuff with the that that was their first like project working at wizard so that's that's really freaking cool Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um Literally. so i uh, <laughs> dang it justice <laughs> um icons of the realm so uh whiz kids showed off a bunch of figurines yeah a lot for it uh as well as them being like yeah we're making gargantuan figures like all the time now yeah i love it my wallet <laughs> screamed and i jumped with joy <laughs> well yeah they did those big ass icons of the realms dragons and if you've tried mm-hmm. to find one now they are all like over 280 dollars. i remember oh. the white dragon one came with drits and it had that square base but I, that I, white I, dragon was such a chonker like was such mm-hmm. a beast of a dragon uh, i remember you? holding that box at a border's while I was playing fourth edition and I was like, oh, I shouldn't get it. And I 
hate that Trevor every day of my life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, they're they're going to be doing a a white dragon. And here's the thing: it says adult white dragon. It looks that's bigger than an adult. That white looks dragon. a bit bigger than an adult white dragon. <laughs> now, if they announce one that's even bigger than that one, though, <laughs> I'm down. You know, yes. at this point, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, the the one of the Star Wars miniature games made like a, a four foot long star destroyer. So whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, and those things are like to freaking scale, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I think um, the same, are, is an adult dragon and an ancient dragon the same size? No, I, I looked think? it up. Adult is huge. huge. Uh, ancient right. is gargantuan. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yep. It certainly seemed gargantuan. Yeah, yeah, it did. But they're, <laughs> so they're going to be doing. They're going to be doing the the white dragon. Then there's like some like steampunk iron forge dragon. Um, and where was where was some of the other that one? one. I think that one is the same size base as yeah. the water deep walking statue. Which is sitting right there, and I love him. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that thing is, it looks so cool. I don't know what it is, but it looks so cool. <laughs> um, but they also announced, uh, the, I, I don't know if it's specifically WizKids doing, I think it is, but they, they're doing um, a sapphire dragon, like, special thing. Yeah, like yeah, the, I think that's what that they made. Well. But they're they're actually making the dragon that was part of the artwork for it, which is kind of cool. They're making a figure for a creature that currently doesn't have stats, to my knowledge. Oh, it has stats. You yeah. just does it? To... Yeah, yeah. So, well, interestingly enough, one of Sam's players, um, they had been playing in her campaign for like uh, I think like three years now. Um, the one she's out there doing right now, mm-hmm. and they bought a set of dice. I think as a like as a celebration for selling this mm-hmm. bar they owned or something. And they gave a single one of those Sapphire dice to each one of their oh. players. Oh so my God, gave, that's so sweet. Yeah. So they gave <laughs> Sam and, and me one of the D twenties. Um, oh. Cause there's two and they gave us the stats. So I actually have the big fold out and it's got info on one side and the stats of the Sapphire dragon on the other side. Oh, that's I, so cool. I actually just found out through a Google search, you can buy the stats on D&D Beyond for 2 Yes, yeah, you can. And I'm doing that right now. I bet you they'll make um, it into a book at some point. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I stand corrected. Uh, you learn something new every day on Difficulty Class. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, they're, ma- they're making a, a figure of the Sapphire Dragon, and I'm, I'm probably going to get this, if not to use, if to just have sitting mm-hmm. somewhere and looking pretty. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, we're gonna all be poor when this is done. Oh, so poor, <laughs> so poor. Yeah, we're not even through this list yet. Nope. <laughs> oh, no. Um, next up, let's see. Uh, so they're doing the Spine of the World comic series, or at the Spine of the World comic series. Uh, and I kind of like that they're following each adventure with a comic series. They did this with Baldur's Gate, uh, Descent to Avernus, and now this one. And I, I really like because it's got Jim Zub uh, writing it, and they're doing crazy, awesome things. I kind of wish that there was some Minsk in it, but I didn't see any. But <laughs> well, it's interesting because um, the comic for Storm King's Thunder was Frost Giant's Fury, I think, and it took place oh. in Fireshear up in Icewind. Well, I guess south of Icewind Dale. Mm. Oh yeah. So that's interesting. I guess there's more comics than I knew about. Now I feel bad. I should go look at those. <laughs> I only I recently if... got it. The big collector thingy that had like three of them in it. Oh. Ooh, well, that sounds fun. That. Well, speaking of comics, there's also going to be the Stranger Things and Dungeons and Dragons comic mm. series. 
um, which is uh, I read the description. It's apparently when they first meet uh, Dustin and how they get playing D and D, and then L and Max join later uh, to play D and D with them as well. So I don't know quite know what that's going to be like, but it sounds pretty cool, and I'm probably going to read it because <laughs> <laughs> I like both those things. Yeah, yeah. Um, next is probably the most unexpected announcement from D&D Live. It is Heroes Feast, the official Dungeons & Dragons cooking book. Right? How freaking cool is this? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's amazing. No, it was hilarious. So, like, the day that they announced it, um, just, like, three hours before I was leaving work, and I'm like, oh, I need to reserve a copy of Theros, because that's coming out next month. So I'm like, okay. And so the... Our manager, she's like just searching D and D, and she's like, "Oh, did you know that they have a cookbook?" And I'm like, "Excuse me," <laughs> and this was like three hours before they announced it. <laughs> you had insider knowledge, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and at, later that day, I'm like, "I wonder how long that was in our search system." <laughs> the snack game is so real, though. Like at our at our group, uh, honestly, like we 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 meet thirty minutes early so we can all eat snacks, and so oh if God. there's gonna be <laughs> D&D snack I when when our characters went to Helheim I made this big feast and got a certain wine that Hell toasted with them before they played this game where they gambled their souls um God damn that's so cool his, <laughs> oh, it was super fucking cool you you drew runes from this bag and like half of them belonged to Hell and half belonged to Odin and they were trying to wager uh the fire giant god Surtur's soul back so they had to surrender one of their own to wager it in order to win searchers and they lost the first one and then they Ooh. then they succeeded the second time um and so with they needed this fire giant god soul to resurrect him and uh we got totally off topic i'm so sorry no no that's fine <laughs> that was yeah, i was not about to stop you and have listeners <laughs> mad at um, me <laughs> so, so two of them though they were like can we try to get our friend's soul back that he lost in your deal and she's like sure but you gotta wager two more uh because i already have his and so three of them lost their souls in that oh session my god um, oh. <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> Prefaced by snacks and wine. <laughs> Prefaced by delicious smorgasbord, and I'm excited for a hero's feast. <laughs> for using the word smorgasbord, good, good mm. word. <laughs> borgie Swedish chef. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so they they did a stream that was showing off uh the three of the the writers of it and showing them making some of the things from it. Um, I I I think I actually got more text messages about this announcement than anything else <laughs> during the stream like i had at least six different people go trevor did you see this i want i want to make some and a couple of them well <laughs> dusty was funny he he was he's like you should make these on the podcast i'm like oh I yeah don't know if eating That's good. food on a on an audio podcast. thing is the, the <laughs> but uh but i know i know one of my friends was like he was saying like oh i'm i'm gonna get this and i'm thinking about like recording myself making them like that would be freaking cool that would be really neat because he's actually a good cook and i'm me um <laughs> but uh but yeah so i think i think we're all unanimous that we're gonna get this book because it's freaking cool yes <laughs> um so the next thing uh just as you may have heard about this one uh the icewind dale <laughs> rhyme of the frost main platinum edition from beetle and grim 
Oh, tell uh, me more. I've never heard of this. <laughs> <laughs> so it is coming, uh, as, as the bullet points on the Dungeons & Dragons website says, uh, with a custom DM screen, a full, sc- uh, or sorry, full-scale battle mats, not A, multiple, yeah. uh, exclusive encounter cards, in-world handouts, high-quality wearables, and mm-hmm. original artwork. Um, if you are listeners, if you are unfamiliar with the, uh, with the Beetle and Grimm boxes, I highly recommend going to their website and drooling over them, mm-hmm. uh, as I do most often once a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I approve. Yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, just what, what stuff would you like to say that you can say about this? Yeah. So some cool things. So if you saw, so right now we do have, we have two boxes so you can still get right now. Um, our gold edition of Eberron that we put on. Uh, uh, that that is still on our website, and then uh, we have a silver edition of Descent of Ernest. So if you missed the platinum edition, you kind of want to taste, but you 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 know you can't commit mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the higher price tag of a platinum, um, and we're sold out of them anyway. Uh, you can get a silver edition and kind of get a taste for everything. Um, it also kind of gives you a, a hint of what's kind of in our boxes that we can't quite talk about due yeah. to, you know, our agreement with wizards, um, yeah. but some cool things in it. Um, we, we've worked with whiz kids um, once before um, with, you, you know, when we did our water deep dragon Heist platinum edition, we, we put a bunch of miniatures in there and then we kind of scaled it back for descent Avernus platinum edition. And we have a, a custom infernal war machine in that one that has a, like a different front on it with a uh, spinning blade. Oh. oh yeah, I saw that at one of the Matthew Lillard was showing it off. I have the normal one, but yeah, yeah that thing is freaking. Tri- cool. You have the Triceratops. We have the yes, spin blade. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, so what we did this time uh, was WizKids let us pick from their official painted miniatures for this set, and oh, they wow. let us pick twenty of our of our choice from these wow. uh, from these miniatures. Wow, yeah. that's really cool. So what we did was because because I don't know if you've ever done this but i bought a brick for descent into avernus miniature i saw that yeah i got zario so it's awesome <laughs> <But> <laughs> nice. i didn't get lucille the pit fiend um, um i got oh, like, I three, like some of the ones that i don't need um so what's really cool about this is we have we'll have our own custom packaging in there in 20 uh beetle and grimm's hand-picked miniatures um what we consider are the best of the bunch um, our favorites in there. So we showed some of them on our stream, um, mm-hmm. such as the snowy owlbear. Uh, yes. No, I want to be so precious. Beautiful, beautiful snowy owlbear. Um, a frost giant skeleton with a bone beard. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we showed, um, let's see. There's a few of them. I can't remember which ones. I have to be careful. Too many good ones to remember. I have to be careful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two huge minis, a few larges, um, and um, and a, and a few mediums. And I think like one or two tinies. Um, so fantastic. you get a good a good mix of them, and you get um, some of the named creatures that you would kind of get those bricks for. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the, you're you're going to get some of the coolest ones in the bunch. Mm-hmm. You won't get all of the miniatures in the set, of course, um, but. 20 awesome hand-picked miniatures. It's super sweet. I so love like, what that. I really like about that is that it's like, <laughs> is like you're, you're getting the ones that you're going to need for the adventure. 
and because mm-hmm. like i love the icon of the realm boxes but i'm like i really wish that i could get you know a whole box of ones that i would need for the adventure not it's like oh well i don't need that one it's in there but it's not what i'm doing right now or <laughs> something right. like that so i i i like that those ones are going to be ones and for some need. of the larger ones too i i know like you can go to some places like miniature market and get some of the smaller yeah. ones mm-hmm. for a decent price like um, for Avernus, that's stuff like uh, imps. Like I, I, I can buy like five imps for something yeah. like ten bucks. Not bad. Yeah. But when you're looking for those named creatures like Lucille or Harshnag in Storm King's Thunder, oh my like god, thirty, gosh. forty dollars. Um, and it's that's that's a lot of money for me mm-hmm. to to put into something that's only going to be on the table a few times. Mm-hmm. And and for me, just on a camera on Discord, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so that's one thing that's in there. Uh, another thing. So yes, we talk. They mentioned the artifacts that we put in there. I can't say what they are, um, but if you've seen any of our artifacts in, in the past, they're really awesome. Being able to hand a physical object to a player during a a uh, adventure is a very special moment. Oh um, yeah. We currently have a Hell Rider and two Flaming Fists in our Descent into Avernus. Uh, campaign group and i know that in our Waterdeep campaign almost everybody became a proud zentarim let's see what other things do we have in there um so yeah you'll get maps we actually have a lot of different map offerings um at this point different kinds of maps so we have our canvas maps um for avernus uh, we mm-hmm. did canvas maps of Baldur's Gate and of the Plain of Avernus. And so they come on a really nice canvas paper, uh, well, not canvas paper, on canvas. Um, mm-hmm. And you can easily, you know, frame them or mount them after you're done. Um, and they're very durable. Um, nice. Let's see. So we also do um, battle maps. We can't say what the areas for the battle mm-hmm. map are because it'll give away spoilers, um, but yep. they're to scale. And what's cool about our battle maps are we commission... Uh, art for our battle maps so the ones that you get uh, are different than what's they're the same as the ones in the adventure but they have kind of a different style to them Uh, so for for avernus all of the maps were done by dyson logos so they were monochromatic and they were red and they're very cool i love dyson's uh style Um, but ours we commissioned from different cartographers so our elf song tavern is fully colored um i've seen uh, images of it and it's amazing yeah it's beautiful yeah um and then an- another cool thing about this is we're going to do modular map tiles um so different kind of uh board game uh board quality uh tiles that you can kind of mix and match in different arrangements to make your own town cityscapes for lack of oh, a that's awesome term um, so yeah, so if you go into a settlement, uh, you can arrange them in a certain way and say, this is this settlement, you know, and here's this house and this is this house. And for Waterdeep, we actually did interiors for those as well. So that if a character wanted to go inside one, you could, you know, walk right in the front door. Oh, th- that's just the dream for big like table mini players. <laughs> it's just to have oh, a yeah. bunch of those modular items out on the table. Yeah, oh. they're nice. And, they're, and since they're so durable, um, they end up being reusable. I've used my city tiles for Waterdeep a few times because you can turn them around different ways and the streets end up different configurations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know, they're pretty handy. Um, that's freaking that's that's cool. Let's see, other things. So we have in-world handouts uh, that we've had. You know, we'll do things like broadsheets. 
where you can learn about latest news or quest hooks and, and, you know, have some funny BNG humor in there. We do, <laughs> we'll print out the artwork that's in the book. So that way you're not covering parts of the book to show to your players. You can just hang it on the custom DM screen that we make for you uh, and commission the artwork for that's specific to that adventure. Um, and then of course we write our own bonus encounters in house um, that make use of the materials in case you miss something in the adventure, uh, you kind of have another chance to use it. And and those are written by me and uh, John Ciccolini, um, one of the founders. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah, you'll no, you're, 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 you're beyond definitely... code and and pre-generated uh, player character sheets too. Oh my god! Yeah, you're 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 definitely cli- climbing them ranks there, Justin. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you're doing good. Um, yeah, no, you. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, let, we we can transition this over to uh, to how D and D Live was for you because you were in a few streams, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you guys were showing off uh, the the gold box for Eberron and stuff like that. How 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 was D and D Live for you? You know, it was it was really good. Um, you know, what was interesting was there wasn't a lot of companies doing kind of a virtual booth, um, mm-hmm. which kind of surprised me a little bit um but yeah. it was also kind of nice because i felt like there was a good turnout you know we were kind of worried you know we'd never done this before were five people going to come to our booth and we set ourselves up for like four hours <laughs> and <laughs> two of the people in the room are us making sure twitch isn't crashed <laughs> right. um, but uh yeah no we had a, we had a pretty good turnout i'd say we had anywhere from like 75 to, to 200 people in there when uh, I was hanging out, there time. was, uh, I think there's like 130 people in there. Yeah. Yeah. So it was good. People were asking questions. Um, we got to sh- show things. I mean, we, we promoted some different things. Um, we talked about how Beetle and Grimms are going to be characters in Idol Champions. Dude, next yes. Month. I'm so <laughs> excited for that. It's going to be yeah. fucking awesome. It's mm-hmm. like Banjo Kazooie. They can like switch spots. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. We, we revealed our pride shirt which the um, proceeds are going to the Trevor project. Oh, I didn't, uh, I did, I missed that. That's freaking awesome. I'm going to, yeah, that was on the second day. So you should check that out. Um, it's, it's on our website now. They'll take about two weeks to ship um, mm-hmm. just because of um, different, you know, shipping delays and things like that. Um, but it's a, it's a good shirt. Yeah. Um, what else? Wait, I feel like, I feel like it was good because we also had a few announcements, you know, ready to go. And we, we mm-hmm. kind of piecemeal revealed things, which kind of brought people back to the booth. And um, I think the one thing that was kind of weird about doing an online booth versus the in-person was that, you know, when you're in person, you get to hear a lot more about the other person's experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. Whereas when it's digital, it's one-sided and... Yeah. Um, and Michaela, she designed uh, our our overlays and she's done a lot of awesome stuff to get us kind of up and streaming. Uh, she is the MVP of our company in the digital world. She, uh, she was doing a great job showing off all the stuff and, and making me want them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michaela is awesome and she is super cool. Yeah. Um, but she she said something like another thing about it is whereas in a booth, you can only have four people at once in person basically Mm -hmm. because every person you're talking to you're getting a story from you're showing them specific things you're repeating yourself but when you're online only one person can talk at once yeah Yeah. um and you're and it's very hard for your audience to reply even though 100 people are in the booth at once yeah um so it's interesting 
it, it, it I mean, it, I'm glad that this is the route that they went with and they decided to announce this so early on was that, hey, we're going to be doing an online thing. It, it was like the whole situation, like everything going on right now, it sucks. But like, I, I remember sitting with Allie last year and being like, all right, we're going to do it. We're going to go to D&D Live, mm-hmm. we're gonna meet people, we're going to talk to people, we're going to make connections. This is going to be great. Uh, I cannot freaking wait to do this. Not, you know, not just because it's for D and D and then this happens. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, Oh yeah. You know, the first year we were making big plans to do that. And, uh, and yeah, we, we ended up kind of watching it the same way we always did. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, Mm -hmm. but yeah, the, the, still the way that it happened, it was good. Um, I, I was very happy with not just, you know, the way that things announced, not the, uh, not just the way that you guys, uh, did your streams but the way that the other streams happened the way the other games had the the fact that they had an entire uh, uh stream that was uh you know black creators in the community getting mm-hmm. to talk about what is going on and and their feelings on everything and i sat that was one of the streams that i sat all the way through and loved every minute of um yeah but it like i i think that for what they had the ability to do it was it, it was a knock out of the park like i i feel like everything went really smooth I, I i wasn't present for it but i did hear that there was the annual blackout at one point uh oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. but uh but i i think it went really well and and yeah w- w- when you say it like that i i didn't think about the fact that you guys kind of were the only ones that were doing your own side streams and were like hey come check out what we're talking about too which could have been a really good way to do it for for everyone of having like you know icons of the realms over here and stuff like that and mm-hmm. kind of like spacing out the streams and stuff like that that could have been really neat but i still think that the way it happened it was really good and i like that because that happened you guys got a lot more viewers at once yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. we did our um, um one of the founders suggested this idea of a drunken mailbag they're like that what if we all so start- good it was yeah it's so funny they were like why don't why don't we have people submit questions and then we slowly get drunk while we answer them <laughs> and i'm like there's no problem with this <laughs> um but i'm usually the designated driver so i'm i'm pretty used to corralling drunk people um and they were surprisingly tame <laughs> One of my favorite moments uh, when I got into the the one of the streams for the the Eberron box, I was sitting there. I'm like, "Why is there just an empty chair there?" And then Matthew Lillard comes in and sits. Down, I'm like, "Oh, that okay." <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the like, hey, John, like, John is like such a baller. He will just get up when it's done and just effectively what is the Zoom equivalent of mic drop. Um, <laughs> he just gets up and walks away, and we're like, "Did he?" Did he fucking leave? <laughs> leave the stream on. <laughs> yeah, he does. He'll leave it going or he'll just drop the call. And we're like, damn. I'm like, man, I respect him so much. What a badass. <laughs> that's, that's great. Um, but, uh, but yeah, do you guys have anything, any closing things you want to say about uh, about the D&D live event? Uh, no, not personally. I mean, like I really, you pretty much said it. Like I enjoyed how they actually went about it this year. And uh, in, in a way, because it was fully digital, they were actually able to bring in more people than I think they could have if they were in person. Mm-hmm, like yeah. that stream that uh, Perkins ran with like Karen Gillen and like everyone in there. And it was it was cool to see all those different people in there. And it was great seeing them all panic on Twitter beforehand, too. 
One of so them he, asked, I think the druid was like, can I turn into a dragon? He was like, yeah. you can't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great. Oh, yeah. And uh, David Harbour was in there, too. Yep. Yes. That's what it was. Yeah. And so it was It was cool to because it was all online that I think they were able to grab more people than they would have before. What was y'all's favorite part? Oh, man. Um, Kate Welsh's stream was really good. Uh, mm-hmm. with the, with all the comedians and everything i had that going while i was like doing some cleaning stuff and regularly just had to stop because i was busting up laughing yeah um also i just love kate welch so <laughs> she's hilarious too mm-hmm. what, what, what about you ali uh i couldn't really say like I, like I i had a hard time actually being able to catch a lot of the streams and the the games because i was working the majority of when they were happening yeah. but um yeah, I'd probably say just straight up the reveal because I did actually get to to sit there for that for the actual book. That was that was that was nice. It was nice. Yeah, kind of fast, that. wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it, it, I I remember I remember Allie and I watching the the uh, water deep one and them taking so long to say the name. We're like just fucking say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice that they just got right into it. Mm-hmm. Um, what about what about you, Justice? What was your favorite part? Getting drunk on stream. Uh, yeah um i honestly think that my favorite part was seeing paul um one of her founders reveal the miniatures because i hadn't seen those Mm. yet and so seeing him kind of have this pile of miniatures hidden off screen and slowly bring them into uh, (laughs) into the view as he's hazed by his childhood gaming friends uh, (laughs) the the loving hazing (laughs) um that was, that was pretty cool. And uh, I don't know. They're really well done. I think WizKids keeps getting better and better with their oh, miniatures. Yeah. And the, the paint and the sculpt quality just keeps going yeah. up. And yeah, that that was cool. Because for me, that was like Christmas. I'd never seen them. So every time they <laughs> popped up, I was like, oh, that's so cool. I know what that is. <laughs> uh, especially really the good. Yeti, the Abominable Yeti. Um, oh, yeah. That looks really good. It's badass. Yeah. yeah. And the Abominable Yeti, I think, is in the Monster Manual as a sidebar. It's like, hey, yeah. make a bigger Yeti, you can make this one. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And uh, yeah, my Monster Monday for this week was the Yeti. So, mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Uh, Justice got a, got a pretty good uh, Twitter thing going on with his Monster Mondays. You regularly pose questions on there, too, which is, is pretty good seeing answers like that. I usually, yeah, I usually post a hook, a little bit of history. You know, honestly, they're one of those things that, I think as I've gotten more followers, they're still not as popular, mm. but they're just something I really enjoy doing. And yeah. I mean, you got to make time for the things you really like. And yeah. I love monster history. I like learning about the history of the game and and kind of how things have changed over time. Uh, and what's interesting is the Yetis, for the most part, have not changed very much. But I did learn mm. that um, there is this area called the Northern Barrens of the... I'm going to mess up the name. It's some glacier um, that's like above everything. It's like super, super Arctic. And uh, apparently there are these yetis that ride white dragons. And I didn't know yetis could become more scary than they were. Um, That's the coolest (laughs) sentence I've ever heard. Right? Have you ever played (laughs) Uncharted 2? Yeah. The fucking yetis are the most (laughs) random thing. You are just, it is up till that point, the game is totally grounded in reality. <laughs> you are just up north. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
human and a fucking yeti comes out of nowhere (laughs) and i remember playing that and going what the hell is happening this is not this doesn't match but i guess i'm fighting a yeti now uh, the, they did that in both uncharted 1 and 2 i know this is completely off top from D, but i don't care uh they like i remember playing uncharted 1 and like the zombie like thing showed up and i went Ex- fucking excuse me i was just what <laughs> and so they like this twice. is supposed to be about humans <laughs> yeah i was like i thought i was seeking treasure now okay you know whatever oh it's um, that same vibe of tomb raider where it's like oh yeah i'm going through this cave and all of a sudden you have to fight a t-rex right, and you're like right, where did exactly. that come from <laughs> as you do doing the normal like archaeological things come on so random uh, but yeah but, yetis um, are awesome they mm-hmm. <laughs> dragon riding yetis are even more awesome dragon um, <laughs> terrifying well, uh, well, Justice, thank you for, for coming back and uh, hanging out with us, talking about this stuff, telling us about all of the good stuff coming to us from Beetle and Grimm. Uh, why, why, don't you, why don't you plug some, uh, your stuff again? Tell them, tell, tell them some of the adventures and supplements you've made, because you've made some damn good ones. Yeah, yeah of course. Thanks. Uh, and thanks for having me. I always like coming on with y'all. You're so easy to talk to. Um, <laughs> time, yeah, time always flies by. Um, mm-hmm. So most recently, I co-led a project with uh, Anthony Joyce, my partner in crime, uh, called Elminster's Candlekeep Companion, um, which is the definitive guide to the library fortress in 5th edition D&D. Um, consulting on that was M.T. Black, Teos Abadia, um, Enrique Bertrand, and Ed Greenwood. Um, Just a guy named Ed Greenwood. With, no a, with the first ever overhead 5th edition view of Candlekeep in map form. Uh, just amazing cartography by marco uh and you should definitely check it out new spells lots of lore lots of fun roll tables so Mm -hmm. you don't have to have that awkward moment where somebody wants to go to this huge repository of lore and then you're just dumbfounded as to what to put in (laughs) it like i was like three years ago when it happened um so we did that, and I think I think before that was Baldur's Gate City Encounters, which was a City Encounters supplement. Uh, surprise, surprise, uh, from <laughs> Baldur's Gate. Um, so lots of stabbings and uh, cultists, <laughs> and uh, Anne Gregerson. She she's actually a writer on Rime of the Frostmaid, and she uh, wrote for that book with us. And uh, she did an encounter that I ran at my table. Um, that's very Sweeney Todd esque uh, at. Madame Maisel's meat pies. Um, <laughs> and I realized <laughs> upon running that encounter, none of my table had seen Sweeney Todd. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they were eating what she describes oh, as no. a, a gray bits of bone, grainy meat pie. Uh, no. When one of them, Sam, my wife, she turns to me, she goes, Am I? <laughs> and I said, I like stopped and let it settle for a second and the look of horror across her face. Like, make a nature check and rolls the nature check and she fails. And somebody else was like, wait, wait, can I make a nature check? And I was like, sure, go for it. And everybody failed their nature check. Oh my God. They're like, but you have to tell us. I'm like, I wouldn't call for a roll if it didn't matter. None of y'all rolled high enough. Oh my God. That's so good. So yeah. So. Uh, oh. So yeah, you can get that and other delicious encounters on the DM still. Um, <laughs> yes. That is, I believe it's twelve sales away from being a gold bestseller. Uh, and Ooh, then go nice. buy it, go get it. So yeah, get that up the gold. And then on my blog, uh, www.justicearmon.com, I've written lots of 
cool, helpful articles to kick off Baldur's Gate. And uh, I even put a free subclass for a sorcerer of the Norns, which are the fate spinning uh, witches in uh, Norse mythology. So you can Ooh. weave a tapestry on the battlefield that you can control fate in. And, and uh, yeah. yeah. So oh my God, I love out. that. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, you, you can also support Justice uh, with uh, with any Beetle and Grimm stuff that he's working on. Um, 100%. And, uh, and yeah, I, I highly recommend following him on Twitter if you don't, because you get to see some really neat behind-the-scenes stuff that he's working on. Plus, you mm -hmm. know, occasionally some Beetle and Grimm stuff. Thank um, you, thank you. Yeah, I post lots of jokes, too. Uh, that's yes. at justice underscore Armin. Yeah, I, I now regularly see you on our D and D memes. Yeah, <laughs> that's my I stomping ground. Just like, I'm like, did Justice post this or did someone else take it? I'm like, ah, there it is. Okay, it's sometimes it's me, and then sometimes somebody yoinks and they steal yep. my internet karma. Yeah, hey, that's <laughs> that's what happens. That, that I that I that is the dog way, eat dog world. This is the way of the internet. <laughs> the dog eat dog world, exactly. Uh, well, again, Justice, thank you so much for being on. I, I, we would love to have you on again sometime soon if your schedule permits it. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see you then. Sounds great. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. And now we're gonna go back for some probably insane theories about an adventure. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, we are back and now the present for ourselves and present for you. And so time is fixed and we don't need to worry about that. Uh, Ooh, what a <laughs> we, 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 we have an adventure that we know very little about. Yes, I am so beyond excited. <laughs> Which means it is time to speculate the hell out of it. <laughs> yes. Um, so what do you think, what, what, what are some of your hopes, some of your fears what, what, what are you thinking about this adventure? What, what's going on in your head? So the, the entire concept that Perkins kept relaying about was that it's a horror based one. And it's like, if you like Strahd, you're going to like this one. And I'm like, Ooh boy. Okay. So there's, I do like me some Strahd. <laughs> there's uh, it's, it's currently now that it's present us and we've now listened to what we just said. Uh, there's no secret that. <laughs> Uh, I am a big, like, The Thing fan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and it's John Carpenter's The Thing, if that was a confusing sentence. Um, <laughs> and the concept of just this harsh environment where paranoia just runs rampant. And it's just like, it's it's just a festering ground for paranoia. Mm -hmm. Just, it, it beckons it. And going into the frozen north, it's like, that's the kind of stuff that you just kind of skip over in D, D usually <laughs> uh take it from someone who did the 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 rough and dirty version of tomb of annihilation in the jungle it's like yeah there's a reason why we usually skip that kind of part um because it can get bogged down and so with like having that understanding i'm really curious about how they approached it because the idea that the environment itself is a huge enemy like that this is not the first yeah. time it's prevalent like that was huge in tomb of annihilation that was half the book um but from what i understand a lot of people managed to just kind of like waylay that and be like uh, that's not the the fun part i know that's what i did i, mm. I, I yeah <laughs> understandably though because like it, it is it does get bogged down if you do it even just like if if none of you are you know prolific with the concept of environment rules and DD, &D, it can bog a game down really easily and so yeah. i'm really hoping that with this book they have 
somehow figured out a way to make it super streamlined and easy and still fun and doesn't just feel like a uh, just a gauntlet <laughs> that mm-hmm. your characters are forced through because the idea that it's like well we could stay here and possibly get murdered or we can try the wilderness and then yeah. there's hesitation like <laughs> that's how you know you've done it well right mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and um what, just, one so one, one of the things though going off the the, the thing mm-hmm. because like don't get me wrong there's a lot of stuff in here you know the the connection to the essentials kid the connection to uh you know like uh, uh, you know just Icewind Dale in general has got me excited but then when the thing came up it it got my brain going like it does and you know if for people who don't know the thing is heavily based on Lovecraftian horror yeah uh, mainly at the mountains of madness so. You know, we 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 did hear that the Frost Maiden will have four different stat blocks, mm-hmm. and that that they will be able to change form, which is very thing like. And I was like, yeah. okay, but the but what I started thinking, of, I was like, okay, but like, what if it's more than just that part of it? Like, what if we do get into some like body snatching stuff or like you know, mind affecting stuff. And then my brain went to, what if we get into far realm stuff, which is yes. very Cthulhu mythos. Dude. If there I... was a connection to the far realm here in Icewind Dale. And that's some where the horror came from. Oh my God. Dude. I, I literally was... wrote like a mini book about the far realm and how it's affected D and D. Mm-hmm. And if that is the case, holy shit, that would be something else. Yeah, yeah, and and, and to my not like in fifth edition, I, I you know I haven't run every part of every adventure ever, but to my knowledge, there's no far realm connection in any of the written campaigns. No, yeah. So um, there's only a few aberrations that are mentioned throughout like the DMG or in the Monster Manual, but they're not in adventures it's not the focus definitely oh yeah like like we we've had stuff from the far realm but Mm -hmm. like it's never been like the main influencer or some kind of you know cosmic horror that is affecting the people of an area yeah that's the case with this i'm gonna lose my goddamn mind (laughs) oh my god yeah no that would be amazing and just like another another aspect of the thing that like made me wonder about this adventure is the because to kind of backtrack a little bit like in curse of Strahd, they had opportunity for uh an ample opportunity by the way for someone in the party to betray like the entire party uh in some parts they're like oh yeah no here's just there you go you have this option you could easily take Mm it and that makes me think about this new adventure about how much they're probably going to enforce that even more because like a huge part of the thing is the concept of no one around you is you can trust mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like i'm just imagining playing D and you're with these people that you've been with for like however long you've been playing together and it's like well do you have my best intentions <laughs> like <laughs> yeah are you like, really helping me <laughs> i mean I, I think that's where some of the most horrific aspects could come from in gameplay is not just the threat of, you know, the wilderness and everything, but being stuck in the wilderness with people that you are no longer trusting. 
Yeah. It's not just the monsters that are within, you know, the mists and the fog. It's the one sleeping right next to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that could be some really interesting stuff. But I could also see that being kind of difficult for some people to role play. So I don't know if they would have gone that far with it. But maybe, like you said, giving the opportunity for is its own little gift there. <laughs> yeah. Um. Something that I wanted to mention because it is taking place in the north. Uh, there are a few specific, like f- infamous landscape, like like landscape uh, things up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is that I definitely saw. Like it's it's it was on the map. It was uh, Kelvin's Cairn. Mm. And if you don't know about Kelvin's Cairn, it's uh it, it's pretty prominent in like the the drist lore and all that, especially the um, battle hammer and all that good stuff. Um, but the main chunk of it, like what you can get out of it is that there was this, uh, white that was, uh, Kessel and he's this wizard. And eventually he distributed black ice, which corrupts everyone who touches it. Mm. And it's this really powerful, like, uh, material but it makes zombies out of like who out of people. And so it's like this whole thing. And like, if you, if you play the Neverwinter game, um, it's (laughs) the entire dungeon is called Kessel's run and it's amazing, but (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. Yeah. And so it's like, but that entire, like I would call it like dungeon area is huge. Just it's just totally spooky. It's got so much mm-hmm. ample opportunity for like a horror aspect of it between like this alien material that's turning people into zombies or that's corrupting people into these just evil madmen who have no will other than this dark ice that is coveted throughout the region. Like that was the main reason why it was spread so far is because the dwarves realized like, wow, this material is really hardy. And before you know it, <laughs> <laughs> And it's then, biting them in the ass. Yeah, and and if you played Storm King's Thunder, you uh, briefly got in contact with the the you you could say quote unquote good barbarians. Um, <laughs> it's there's there's the and I I still don't know how to pronounce it correctly the Reghead barbarians. I don't uh, know. But essentially, uh, if you've played uh, Idol Champions like Wolfgar, oh yeah, he, he's actually a Reghead barbarian. Oh. Yeah, and uh, they're actually just east or northeast of Ten Towns. Hmm. And they actually share a, uh, they trade a lot and they actually are like on good terms right now. Um, That wasn't always the case, but yeah. And so it's like, there's so much lore from the north and I can only imagine what they've pulled. With the possibility of it being like the essentials kit, there's a lot of room for yeah these adventures to to come to to your table um and i i think that's one of the most exciting aspects about it is like okay yes yes we are doing you know we're gonna have all these little adventures and everything like that but like how how much icewind dale lore are we going to get like how much icewind dale lore does do these quests exude for our players i cannot wait to see what that Mm -hmm. has and like I understand that it is going to be a little more sandboxy, uh, but mm-hmm. I feel like in the end, the overall like antagonist slash plot line through it is going to be something environment 
like oriented yeah. whether it be the frost maiden literally freezing over the world or like i don't know i'm i'm really excited about it because like the concept of all these little ones like all these little storylines picking up and leaving little trail bits to the actual problem is like my favorite thing in dnd mm-hmm. and, yeah, and i think this is gonna have a lot of that in there oh yeah so i'm 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 ecstatic about it. I am too. <laughs> I think I think if anything, this episode shows it. We're very excited for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah is any, there anything yeah. else that you'd like to say? Because I'm I'm pretty good. I'm. <laughs> yeah. No. I, re- really, I was I was holding on to that far realm thing while Justice was on. Like, I don't want to say Oof. anything. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say anything. I want to. Uh, I love I, that speculation though. That's yeah. so to, good. To be clear, we don't know anything. Yeah, like Justice did not reveal any stuff back <laughs> between no. the breaks. <laughs> he he's a he's professional. We we do not know a <laughs> saying we do not know a thing is is kind of funny there, but we don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I wish I wish it's the far realm. <laughs> <laughs> I hope <laughs> you got me all hoping now, man. <laughs> All right. Well, that was our little bonus episode this week. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to support it, the best way to do that is by leaving a review on your service of choice, as well as telling your friends about the show. If you'd like your questions, advice, or stories read on the show, send them into difficultyclass at gmail.com. And if you'd like to stay up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at difficultyclass and on Instagram at difficultypodcast. So until next week, don't get killed by those damn yetis. Damn yetis. Thank you.